Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Yeah, hello. Welcome to a uh, Wednesday night edition of Sports Day. Jace Matthews in the house. No uh, no rat and no sats. Uh, just me uh, doing the show on my lonesome uh, tonight. Well, not by myself because uh, uh, Australian swimming champ and uh, well, pretty ordinary dancer James Magnuson will be joining us uh, real soon. Uh, Siebes, Anthony Seabold, Manly Seagulls coach, will be on the show. Geez, they, um, they're going all right, Manly. They're not world beaters, um, and I've got a few mates who are Manly supporters who just aren't fans of Anthony Seabold. Still um, ruining the loss of Desi Hasler. We'll have a have a chat to Seabes and see what he has to say shortly. And SEN commentator Barrett Sundaraisen, a short time ago, caught up with Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins. Jesus, some pressure on him, isn't there? A lot of people calling for him to be stood down as the Australian skipper. Well, I've never been a fan of Pat Cummins as a captain, but it's interesting. Uh, how do you oust a bloke who's got the number one test team in the world after we beat India in the World Test Championship, uh, have won the Ashes in Australia and now retain the Ashes in England? I mean, how do you justify getting rid of the Aussie captains who Barat Sundaraisen has to say uh, about that shortly. NRL update, all thanks to our mates at Mitre 10 Trade. Tavita Tola, who's one of my favourite bunnies, uh, will remain at South until the end of 2028 after signing a four-year extension. I reckon he's one of the most underrated front rowers in the game, and when he plays, South Sydney win. He was out uh, the other night against the Broncos. The Broncos were amazing. Souths were terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't think... Tavita Totola had it been there, I don't think it would have made much difference. But he is signed to the end of 2028. Good on him. Uh, I reckon he was unlucky. Could have almost played Origin this year as well. Uh, Warriors centre Adam Pompey uh, signs a new two-year deal with the club, which is fantastic. Dale Finucan has been ruled out for the season after suffering a, a bicep injury as well. And Spencer Linu will miss a month of NRL with an MCL strain. So a few injuries throating, throating around the uh, NRL uh, this afternoon as we speak. The local business of values having yours. That's why the trade trusts might attend. Sats and Rat caught up with Anthony Seabold yesterday. It was nice enough to pause his social tennis match to join us. What's all that about? Find out next. This is Sports Day. Thanks to Kim. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Last play, Manly. Cherry Evans running it. Gets through. Tips over the top. A chip and chase. Nick goes there. Leaves it behind. Croker's there. Try Manly. 
Yeah, they were good last week against your Sharkies, right? They were. And this man, he'd be very happy with going to one of the toughest grounds to win at, like I said earlier on. And that man is the coach of the Manly Seagulls. Now, at the moment, we've we've pulled him out of a a social tennis match. I'm, mm. I'm heard he's got a great second serve. Serve volley? Or yeah. is he reckon he's a serve volley? No, we'll find he'd, be, out. he'd be a baseline. baseline. He'd be you a reckon? baseline. I mean, yeah. you want to get the points over quick. Anthony Seabold, <laughs> thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Hey, Jace, how's it going, Matty? Yeah, mate, look, I'm, I'm, I go for a big serve and then I try and play for the baseline, boys. So, oh, yeah, wow. Too much running around. Forehand Just, or backhand? What's the strength, mate? No, no, forehand, mate. Yeah, forehand, yeah, run, run around it. Run around it. Nice. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Grace, have you looked good in all the whites? Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> exactly. Now you're a proud Rockhampton boy. Oh, you got to settle a bet for me with a mate of mine. The Criterion or the Great Western Pub? Um, mate, back in my day, it was when I was growing up. Mate, it was Criterion on a, on a Friday, Saturday night. The Criterion was a great pub to go for a beer and have a steak. Um, when I was a little bit older, it was more the Great Western. So I'm not sure what it is now, but both good pubs, mate. That's that's for sure. It's been such a, a great distributor of and provider to rugby league with so many great players mm, out of the Rocky absolutely. area, that central Queensland. Is there a player sees when you were growing up playing that, that when growing up, he, he just never made it out of Rocky, but he's just such a good play. He just never made it out of the, the local region. Yeah. Well, probably the best I saw um, was a guy called Paul Lyles. Now Paul yeah. passed away when he was 28 years of age and Paul actually did play one first grade game for the Broncos, but, um, look, he was a genuine superstar of, of country footy. And um, when I was growing up, um, he's probably five or six years older than me. And, um, you know, he, he was playing first grade at 18. He went down the Broncos for, for a year, came back uh, for a year or two, and then went back down there for one more year. But for whatever reason, just didn't settle. But he was one of the best players I saw back in Rocky who um, you know, could have gone on to you know, play Origin or, or um, you, know, um, you know, play a whole heap of uh, NRL footy. He was a freak. I remember watching a game, 1992, I think it was, Reserve grade game, he got his jaw broken. Mm. Yeah, he got his jaw broken. Yeah. He, he's never really the same after it again. Yeah, mate. Oh, I, I wanted to ask you your, your experience down at Shark Park on uh, on Sunday. That uh, that wind tunnel that you're playing down there between the buildings now, mate. You, you had it. You got out to a great lead. Um, you lose Jakey Trebojevic in the second half. Do you, do you think that had a bit of a not not having his experience out in the middle of the field and uh, I guess his level head? Do you think that had any uh, sort of impact on the Sharks coming back? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I think you know you got to give credit to the Sharks. I mean, they played a really good second half. Um, you know, they had I think about you know sixty five or sixty six percent possession in the second half, and a lot of it was down there into the field. So they played some really good footy at us. Now losing Jake, sir, I mean, he's the, the glue for us defensively uh, in that middle uh, part of the field. But I reckon one thing that we didn't do quite well, and something that we, we need to continue to work on, is you know how, how do we break um, you know, the pattern? Like you know when momentum's going against you. I mean um, you've got to accept that momentum's going to go against you at different times in the game. But the really good teams are able to break that pattern, and for us it's still a bit of a work on. So uh, yeah, really um, happy to get the result. And you know, I thought our first 50 minutes was outstanding, but just um, yeah, we, we really struggled to break that sort of. The pattern of the, of the sharks in the, uh, the back end of the game. Yeah, now mate, you've a couple of big losses for you in Pesaka and Alloway, who um, looks like you're going to be out be out of action for some time. Tough to replace front rollers, particularly this time of year. What's what's the contingency plan there, mate? Yeah, we're probably fortunate. It's one area that we are pretty strong. Ethan Bullymore, who has played every game first grade other than last week, um, he'll come back into the bench. And Toff Sipley, who's a really experienced player, Toff, um, real great club man, went back to reserve grade, captain that team to a really good win over Newtown on Saturday afternoon. So 
Um, those two guys are, are really capable replacements, and we're probably quite, quite fortunate that we picked up Matt Lodge, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, having you know having lost uh, Tandyella and, and Josh, probably for season-ending injury or season-ending injuries, um, you know, it's quite, quite fortunate to pick up Lodge. Now, Seebs, I was reading through the rugby league life and achievements from your captain, Daly Cherry Evans, today. I've got to say, he's achieved so much. And, of course, it's flown under the radar a little bit. This week, he plays his 300th NRL game. I think he's a 48th or 49th player v. the Dragons this week. And, you know, it's an away game. But from what we see on our screens, take us behind the curtain, Seebs, of him as a player and a teammate. What sort of person he is? Well, first and foremost, got a great person. Um, you know, he's a, he's a real family man, Chaz, and I think, um, you know, the way that he carried himself in, in public, um, you know, he's, he's a real credit to himself, his family. Um, but he's an ultimate professional with regards to the way he prepares for games. Like, he's still in our top two or three with regards to, you know, our, our conditioning um, you know, and our testing and, and all the physical side of things that we do. And you can probably see that in his game. I think he's having as good a season as he's had, um, certainly in recent times. So um, I thought he made... Queensland to you know fantastic Origin series there, and um, yeah, it's just a terrific person, terrific leader to have around the club. It's been a big help to me this year, that's for sure. Yeah, mate. I wanted to ask you about Ruben Garrick. Uh, I love a goal kicking winger, being one from back in the day. But uh, it seems like, mate, wherever you put him on the field, he just plays with. He, he reminds me a little bit of, um, of of Gutho. Just his energy, his effort. Um, he, he just wants to be the best player he can be. He's, he must be a pleasure to coach. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic attitude. He's a Jerry Gong boy. So Mick Cronin had a, a little bit to do with him um, as a young bloke and Rod Wishart. You know, a lot of good players come out of Jerry Gong. And, um, so he's had a, you know, some great influences and mentors there back home. Uh, but the biggest thing about him is just the effort um, you know, that, that he puts in every single week. He's a, a really good trainer, um, you know, good role model for, for our um, younger players in our group. So like you say, man, he's got, um, doesn't really matter what, number he wears on his jersey. He's played fullback, wing and centre for us this year and he's been really, really good in all three positions. So, um, yeah, a great role model for, um, for our group. I heard he gave himself the name Ruben Gaznier after he had a, he had a game in the centres there and he went all right. So yeah, he, he we did, did play, he did, he, mate, he did play all right. That he had a cracker, didn't he? So, mate, I've got, I've got to ask you, Tolu yeah. Kohler and Jason Saab, have you lined them up at training over a certain distance to see who's the fastest at your club? Or do you know? We haven't. Um, <laughs> I think, I, 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 well, Tolu's probably quicker over the first ten metres. I think Sabi might have him over the, the, the long, you know, the longest sort of you know, eighty to one hundred metres. But um, yeah, both really sort of freakish athletes, um, and we've got a lot of speed there. And I think one of the things, you know, the growth for us in our game, like the really good performances when we sort of put forty on Canberra and fifty on um, the Dolphins, and even you know um, on the weekend, you know, just using their speed, um, you know, and troubling opposition, you know, by by shifting the footy, you know, rather than just sort of you know one out sort of mentality and yardage. And, um, yeah, we really want to try and test some teams on the edges there. So we've had a little bit of joy on them, been able to do it well. We've just got to do it uh, consistently well. But we've got enough strike power, enough speed there to, to trouble opposition teams. Mm. Now, Seeds, one point out of the eight, and you're minus 31 differential. So is the the defence aspect of your training, does that take over your majority of your training towards the back end of this these last six games? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we're probably like a team that, you know, uh, 60-40 ratio, like defence to attack, you know, we... We know that that's an area as a club that we're really trying to grow. And, and, and changes of habits and changes of behaviour take time. I mean, we're trying to go from a two-man tackling team to a three-man tackling team. We're trying to go from a team that you know, is, is used to keeping line and target and we're trying to you know, get players to, to put inside pressure on ball players or put pressure on the kickers. 
um, you know, so there's a number of sort of changes we, we're trying to make, um, you know, from um, from what they're used to and, and under fatigue, under pressure. At times, we go back to, to habits that um, potentially have formed over a long period of time. It's not to say what they've done in the past is, is incorrect. It's, you know, it, it, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It's just mm. what we're trying to do. So, you know, Jimmy Dimmick uh, you know, plays a, a big part of, of what we do in that space. So, um, we're still trying to, yeah, to, to build some behaviours and some habits there, but... Yeah, it's certainly a, a real big focus for us. Okay, before we let you go and get you back to your second set, of course you dropped the first set, so good luck in the <laughs> second set. But uh, this is what we call our Sports Day Blowtorch. Now, the player everyone loves having around, who's that player you think of? Well, in this in this particular group, I think everyone sort of loves having somebody like uh, Lockie Croker around. You know, okay. Real tough guy, um, country boy, Lachlan Croker. Nice, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he's great to have around, mate. Yeah, tough guy. Um, you know, good energy. Got a good, little bit of banner about him. Good sense of humour. So, no, he's really good. Yeah, good company for the boys. Play everyone would love to mute for a day. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Like, um, Josh Houston doesn't say too much, but when he, when he says something, mate, uh, the boys try and shut him down. Too, so, maybe, <laughs> maybe true. Okay, the player who could run for a week, fitness-wise, if you had to give him a week's worth of running, he'd just oh. say, okay, give it to me. Yeah, Ruben Garrick. Like, okay. Every day of the week. Yeah. Play who is, a player who's on time. Now, this is the Cameron Smith approach. Player who's on time, always last at video sessions of the bus. I've got to say, it's probably Hamale Alakawatu or Tolu Cole or something like that. They're, they're normally just, you know, 30 seconds just before the, the start of the meeting. But they're never late, the boys. They're never late, those boys. But um, they're like Smithy. Smithy used to do that at, at the Storm. And yeah. Three, so that's for sure. Okay. The player who thinks he's Fabio, the best sort at the club. Ruben Garrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last one, play you'd take to a street fight to fight on behalf of the club. Who's that? Oh, mate. Josh Alloway, actually. Yeah. The, the guy that I'd take to a street fight. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And if there was someone who you just knew would maybe not necessarily control him, but you just know he, he, he would die for you as Jakey Chaborovich. Yeah. He's come yeah, uh, nice. yeah, so, Thumbs up. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Steve, for taking time out during your uh, your social tennis tennis match tonight. Good luck in the second set. And um, and good luck this week against the Dragons, mate. Good. It's it's uh, much appreciated yeah. you taking the time out to come on Sports Day. No, any time, Sats, mate. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Good stuff. Yeah, mate. He's a good man. He's a yeah. good man, Steve. Let's get to a break on Sats and Rat for Sports Day. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Jason Matthews here tonight. The fifth test starts tomorrow. Uh, Australia versus England at Lords. No, the Oval, I should say. Obviously, Australia had a great time there recently beating India in the World Test Championship. Uh, we've retained the Ashes, but there's still plenty on the line for the Aussie captain, Pat Cummins, who sat down with SCN commentator Barat Sundarazen a short time ago. Pat Cummins, it's come uh, full circle. We're back at the Oval. Uh, two months ago, you were here standing as uh, a captain of the new World Test Champions. You said you wanted to win that and the Ashes, uh, and in the next five or six days, you have a chance to do that. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, the tour has been awesome. Um, so far to win the World Test Championship to retain it uh, retain the Ashes 
that was pretty brilliant. So, yeah, let's yeah hopefully do one better and you know win this one in a few days' time, and it'd be a brilliant tour. Uh, there's been a lot of talk in this country that uh, somehow they you haven't retained the Ashes and like they won every match uh, or most matches that have been played. You're pretty clear in your head that the Ashes is retained in the school CD scoreline of two one is fair. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I've never known a series have so many different scorecards that everyone seemed to be <laughs> scoring themselves. But now I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure heading in the last one, it's two one. Uh, just in terms of uh, uh, where you guys are as a team, it, it, it's a lot of test matches packed into two months. Uh, just physically speaking, and also from a mental aspect, uh, where are you and where is this team? Uh, I think in a really good place. Um, you know, we've all, all experienced, we've all played big series before and um, kind of know how to manage our ways through a series. And, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like we're turning up here and everyone's still relatively fresh. Um, no big injury concerns. So, um, yeah, we're, we're all pretty pumped to, to get to here, I think, as well. After not having our best week last last week, it's it's really focused us, focused us all in and... Um, yeah, everyone's ready to go. It's a different kind of morale, right? If yeah, I mean, after at the end of uh, your worst week on tour, if say that there is a defeat, you come here to all. It's it's a very different energy. The fact that I mean, rain helped as well, but the fact that you got away with the draw, you come here to one. Uh, the morale almost like it's almost like you're back, like where you were before that test. Uh, yeah, I think everyone gets disappointed in your performance, whether you win or lose. Um, if you don't feel like it's up to scratch, so I think there was a bit of feeling of that, but you know, I think I think you're still allowed to kind of you know give ourselves a pat on the back for getting us into a position where you know if there was rain and um, you know the boys batted well on that fourth day to to get us to a draw, you know we earned that right. So yeah, it feels like we haven't quite finished the job. Um, that's ahead of us, but two one up, it's a good position. Uh, it was a tough week for you as well, uh, Pat, as uh, with the ball. Uh, so, I mean, have you got time to like just dig deeper into what went wrong, uh, and I, you know, how do you kind of look to get get back to where you were at, like you know, in peak form, you which you were in, in Leeds uh, for this Test match? Uh, yeah, had a bit of a look. Um, we'll have a bit more of a look over the next couple of days, but um, you know, for the most part, a lot of bowling's about kind of rhythm, and my rhythm actually felt pretty good. So, there's other times where I've taken more wickets and felt terrible. Um, but I wasn't at my best, so I think just tidy up, be a little bit more um, kind of disciplined. You know, probably bowled one or two bad balls and over, which I try not to do. Um, so, I, yeah, I expect to be a bit better this week. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had a look and relook, but hopefully a bit better. And just finally, throughout this tour, you've said you've not played your A game yet, at least during the Ashes. Uh, no better time to bring out your A game uh, and win the Ashes and go home with the urn, which you already have. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, and, you know, we quite like playing here at the Oval. It's good that we've already played a, a game here this series. And, yeah, I think there's a sense of that around the camp. Everyone feels like, you know, we haven't quite nailed that complete game. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting because, uh, yeah, I think if we do that, um, you know, we're, we're a pretty tough side to beat. Beautiful. Go well, Pat. Thank you. Cheers. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the show. No rat, no sats tonight. It's Jason Matthews here. Wednesday Wednesday nights generally are a little bit quiet. Well, tonight it's the car before the storm because tomorrow night, boy, everything is going on. And I'm going to get to one of those things 
in just a moment. But you've got the Broncos and the Roosters. Are the Roosters back? God, I hope not. Uh, they may make the finals if they go on a bit of a run, but it could be at the expense of the Bunnies. I don't, I don't want that to happen. That game tomorrow night at the Gabba. Meantime, you've got at Suncorp Stadium tomorrow night, the Matildas taking on Nigeria and what should be a blockbuster of a, uh, a FIFA Women's World Cup game. You've also got Australia playing the fifth and final test against England in the Ashes, and you've also got the uh, Aquatic World Championships happening in Japan as well. There is so much happening. It is absolute nuts. We'll get to a lot of that right now. Some NRL news that I didn't get to off the top of the show. The Bulldogs have signed a couple of handy players uh, today. They've signed Blake Taft from South and Jamin Salmon from Penrith for their top 30 side for 2024. We saw the photographs of Taft and Phil Gould having, is it Chinese? I think that's the... That's the uh, restaurant of choice to lure young players to the Bulldogs, having some Chinese. Uh, so they've got their man. A bit of a blow for South because he's been playing a lot of fullback this year for the Bunnies, although I think he's too small. I'd like to see Johnston back at fullback when when uh, Luttrell is out. Uh, comes after signing Liam Knight, of course, another bunny. And so I see you. Uh, Takeo uh, during the week as well. So uh, they've got some young players going. They've just still got some money left in the cap, the Bulldogs. So, uh, yeah, Gus has got a, a few more. When are they going to start putting together on the field? That's another question. FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Brizzy. Visit fifa.com slash tickets. As I said before, the Matildas will play Nigeria in the second game of the FIFA Women's World Cup. And you can catch all the action on the SEN app uh, tomorrow night. Hey, what about... What about that ball over? Well, is it a ball over when the Philippines beat New Zealand? New Zealand high off their victory against Norway, which was an upset. I think Norway ranked 12th and New Zealand 20-something in the world. And then the Philippines have come out and beaten New Zealand 1-0 last night, which is their first ever win in the FIFA Women's World Cup. So well done to the Philippines. That puts New Zealand back a little bit. So, uh, well done to them. Uh, one side who is doing well at the moment is the Australian swim team at the Aquatic Championships in Japan. Uh, former Olympian James Magnuson, obviously, has been a uh, uh, one a member of that, that team. Uh, was proud of what the Aussies have been able to achieve. You'll hear all of that next here on Sports Day. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. James Magnuson starts to go now. He's going to turn it on like he never has before. Magnuson the Magnificent. He's become the first Australian to win this coveted title. Oh, the torpedo has been superseded by the missile. This update is brought to you by World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness. I've never seen a guy rock a tracksuit better than this oh, guy. Oh, you've told me this. He rocks a tracksuit. Yeah, and he you, forced you, me to go and buy tracksuits. Can I tell you? And you didn't when you rocked up the oh, next no, week because I'm <laughs> six foot, not six foot five. Six foot, you're not six. Foot. This man he is an absolute legend in the pool. Um, on the back of the world champs at the moment, where Australia is dominating four golds at the Com Games, world champion multiple times, and silver in the Olympics. And that man is James Missile Magnuson, who's joining us on Sports Day. How are you, Missile? I'm good, Legends. How are you guys? Really good, really good. Well, first and foremost, before we start talking about when you're swimming and, and, the, and the training that went through that, both in and out of the pool and what you're doing post-career now, what have you made of the Aussies in the pool? It's been a, we've just been destroying everyone. 
Yeah, so it's, it's funny. This team doesn't quite get the accolades that some teams in the past have. They don't have the massive names like your Ian Thorpes or Grant Hackett's, but we have this new generation of swimmers, Ariane Titmus, Kaylee McEwen, Emma McKeon. They're actually more well-credentialed than our top swim teams with those past names that I mentioned. This is pretty much our most talented, most successful swim team that we've had in history. Uh, and we're just fouling everyone up. We've got gold in the 400 free, Ariane Titmus world record. The women broke the world record in the 4x100 free. And the boys have got a couple of golds in there as well. So it's, it's pretty incredible mm. where we're placed at the moment in world swimming. And the fact that a lot of people don't even know some of these names. Yeah, mate, but the, oh, it could have been more. Kaylee McKeon getting disqualified. disqualified. Center, like, yeah. It just seemed ludicrous. I mean, for three people to get disqualified in, in a race, it, is that that's not normal, is it? No, nah, it's not normal. So if I could compare it to rugby league terms, I'd say the officials at this World Champs have said they're going to have a bit of a crackdown on some specific things. Individual medley, you've got the turns where you go from one stroke to the other. They've decided to put a... Um, magnifying glass on that and come up with a couple of disqualifications, but like fair dinkum, Kaylee McEwen's yeah. an Olympic champion. She's not. <laughs> she's not. She's not stuffing up or doing the wrong thing. So mm. it's a it's a bit of a g up to be honest. Yeah. So obviously, mate, the, the, these athletes are super fit. Like they spend a lot of time in the pool. But I wanted to ask you what what balance of in the pool and in the gym do the, do do you have when you're performing at this the highest level so it depends on what events you're doing so i was like sprint events so shorter faster stuff so we could sort of carry a little bit more size and be a bit more explosive so um i do sort of eight two to three hour sessions in the pool a week um so around 20 to 24 hours in the pool then three gym sessions um focusing on on strength work and then usually a Pilates um, and a yoga um, during the week as well. So you sort of, it's it's usually about thirty to thirty-five hours a week of training. Wow, that's insane! Now, mate, you're not performing at those levels anymore, but you got to have your body looking good for summer. What are you, are you still spending plenty of time in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, my main goal at the moment. So we're all doing this uh, this seventy hard SEN. Yeah, my um. My goal at the moment is I'm doing the city to surf. It's only three weeks away now, and my girlfriend is a really good runner. So I've set myself the goal of beating her in the city to surf. So I've been running three times a week at the moment. Um, Her best time, I think, was one hour and five minutes. So she's averaging about 440 pace per kilometer. Mm. So I've set myself a pretty big task because I'm certainly not hitting those times yet. No. <laughs> wow. Well, lucky they got the um, U-Butte treadmills you can get on in World Gym. Yeah. The beauty. <laughs> too cold to be running outside in Sydney. <laughs> so, Miss yeah. in your in your swimming days, when you're preparing for a World Champ, so do you peak for World Champs and then after World Champs, would you then reassess to then peak for maybe the Olympics, which which would be the next major event? Yeah, you, you usually as a swimmer, you peak once or twice a year. So the, usually that falls on world champs, com games, Olympic games, and then you might go overseas and try and hold that peak off the back of it a world champs. And they have like some really cool cash meets in Europe um, in some nice, like I've gone and done big cash meets in Monaco and, uh, Kenne, where the rugby league team is. Yeah. Um, 
Italy, Rome, like some really cool places. So you stay over there for a bit, race, and then you can sort of enjoy yourself a bit because you're not on the Australian team. Um, but yeah, usually usually peak once a year, maybe twice if there's something on down here uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. Mate, when you mentioned cash meets, all our listeners are thinking, how much cash? Because I, I know I am. <laughs> how much cash are you racing for in Monaco? Um, depending on the event, like it can be anywhere up to like 25k for a, a win in a race like that. And then you nice. sort of do a few races over the weekend in a few locations while you're overseas. So it can be pretty good money. Yeah, good yeah, one. Nice. Now, I've always wanted to ask you, Missile, when I, I see you in the office in Sydney, why does a sprinter, a swimming sprinter, have to do so many Ks in the pool? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually it's something that I struggled with my whole career because like pre season started at start of the season, I'd be doing up to oh, anywhere from eighty to hundred kilometers a week in oh. the pool. Mm. And my event lasts less than a minute. It makes no sense, really. And I think as <laughs> as sports science improves, and, and it all starts in, in the professional sport. So it starts, you know, in America, it starts with the NFL, the NBA, the, um, the, the baseball. Then it trickles down here to Australia to the NRL and the AFL. When they start talking about load management and all those sorts of terms with sports science, that takes its time then to filter down into swimming because there's just not the same money, there's not the same staff or resources in the sport. Like it's slowly trickling down and, you know, fortunately for me now in my retirement, I'm seeing it coming in a bit more in swimming where the sprinters are being uh, looked after a bit better. But so many of the guys that I swim with coming through because, you know, there's a big difference in physique between a 100 freestyler and maybe like a 1500 freestyle, mm. like it could be 20 kilos difference. Um, but we train, we train almost the same as, you know, long distance swimmers. It's, it's quite bizarre. And I think it's quite archaic to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm 80, I, I wouldn't run 80 kilometers a week, let alone swim it. That'd be kill ridiculous. Me. Um, mate, now I, I was a semi-finalist in dancing with the stars. You had to throw that in, it's you? not about me. Yeah, okay. but I just I just wanted to ask you. I just wanted to fellow semi. You, you made the semi-finals. Yeah, yeah, yep, mate. Well, well done. How did you find the whole experience? Did you did you find you you're out of shape when you when you got going, or did you feel like you, you had it all covered? The the fitness side of it was probably the only part I was comfortable with. I think um, you would know, Matt. Like that first week, like the first day, you walk into the studio with you know generally a, a really good looking dance partner. And they say, oh, let's just, you know, let's see where we're starting off at. Just show me a couple of moves or whatever. It is mortifying. <laughs> like, there's a few things I've done in my life more embarrassing than that. But once you get the hang of it and you start, you kind of uh, you get over the awkwardness of it and you stop taking yourself so seriously, it's actually super fun. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I would, I would definitely recommend it to to anybody that, that asked me about it. But um, the semifinal was good. Like, super happy to get that far. A um, couple of other great celebs on the show had a really fun time with them. Um, so all in all, a good experience. I don't, I still don't think I'm, I'm very musical or, uh, you know, I used to use music and art class when I was at school to kind of get a bit of shut eye after getting up at 4am for <laughs> swim training. So 
I never excelled in those areas, nor did I after Dancing for Stars, but um, no, nah, great experience. Well, well done, mate. Well, I know how awkward it can be, and um, yeah, it, it, you just got to let yourself go, don't you? You just got to go, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to embarrass so, Missile, on myself. when and... you go back to your birthplace at Port Macquarie, the famous Port Macquarie RSL, are you, are you going to be able yeah, to bust the a few floor. moves? <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, the people I was most worried about, so you know, I, I live in Bondi now here in Sydney, and you know, people are pretty accepting of, of dancing and that kind of thing. But they're a bit uh, they're a bit more old school up in Port Macquarie. So I reckon if I'm going to cop a ribbing from anyone that first night out in Port Macquarie, I might uh, might find myself in a bit of drama. <laughs> yeah, a little nice. pride of Erin. Mm. Uh, World Gym Australia trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends, and this man is definitely one of those. Former swimming superstar James Missile Magnuson joining us on Sports Day. Thanks very much, mate. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. This is Sports Day. Messi driving forward. Over to Robert Taylor. Taylor cutting it back. Martinez left it for Messi. Oh, my word. He has done it again. Lionel Messi. Three goals in less than an hour of play for Inter Miami. 2-0 tonight over Atlanta. There they go. Lionel Messi doing his thing, probably in the biggest commercial stage in the world. Screwing a couple for Inter Miami. Going nuts over there. Look. He could probably earn more money playing football elsewhere in the world, particularly uh, in the Middle East at the moment. But I tell you what, commercially, is there a better place for him to be based? Could you imagine the, 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 the deals that he could get done with some of the major brands in the world and the exposure that he can get in what you could argue is the richest country in the world? I think it's a smart move by Messi and a whole bunch of new fans waking up to who this bloke is. Absolutely outstanding. Oh, while I'm on a roll with the soccer or football, I'll get crucified for saying soccer. Before we go, how about this? My favourite team, Wrexham, beat Manchester United in a friendly today. Uh, I think it was 3-1. 3-1 or 2-1. But how's that? This this team that was unknown a couple of years ago until bought by a couple of famous people. Um, and then the doco on Disney was was amazing, absolutely amazing, funny, great, sad. Uh, and now I see today they're building a brand-new stadium in this, in this town, in this Welsh town called Wrexham. So all things heading in the right direction, particularly after they got promoted as well. But that's coming up in Season 2 of Welcome to Wrexham, which comes out, I believe, about, uh, I think it's September 12. So keep an eye out for that. Right, yeah, that's Sports Day. Thanks to Kia, proud supporters of the FIFA Women's World Cup. We are done for another day. Uh, Sats will be back tomorrow night to join us on the show. Enjoy your Wednesday night. Goodbye!